Welcome to another episode of the Third Round Picks Podcast. With me today is uh, Mike Bibbins, or Bibbs, uh, on Twitter, at Bibbs Corner, and Adam Bibbs, and his website, BibbsCorner.com. How are you doing today, Bibbs? Doing pretty good. Uh, waiting for these, these winter moments to go away so I can feel the sun on my skin again. Yeah, over here, it's it's weird. It's not, never has been particularly cold in the past few weeks or particularly warm. It's always sitting in between like 40 and 70, and the main factor is whether or not it's raining or windy. Otherwise, it's just kind of meh. Yeah, it's weather. like that, that ugly, weird time of year where it's not quite winter anymore, but it's not spring yet either. Yeah, I just want it to be like exactly 70 degrees with with. Mm, with not without rain or wind, just every day. That'd be perfect. So wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. But uh that's another part of life. So uh Bibbs, you got some uh small colleges for us to see on national TV in the upcoming week? I most definitely do. Uh there are two main games this week uh to look out for. Both are on uh, the 22nd, which is Friday. Uh, first game is Davidson at Rhode Island. That's 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on ESPN2. Uh, good chance to check out Kellen Grady of Davidson. Uh, second game uh, is Dartmouth at Yale. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN News. Um, and that's uh, for a future prospect, Jordan Bruner. Um, of Yale as a guy to check out there. Um, was there another guy on Yale? Oh my god, you did. You almost did it again, Bibbs. You forgot about Mieoni. I have not checked him out yet, and I know Bruner personally, so that's, that's a different story. Yeah, Oni's like, he's like almost considered a current prospect right now. Like, he's being up, put up there by some people. Alright, so a good chance to check out two guys then with that uh, Dartmouth-Yale game, and again, that's Friday. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN News. Is that it? That's all I got. All right. Well, now time to get into the featured topic of this episode, the uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, They got a large collection of young players, once again, for us to parse through, just like almost every single other year, it seems. First off, we'll talk about a player that we wish we could get to see more. Bibbs, what are your thoughts on EJ Montgomery? So EJ Montgomery, um, I feel sorry for him. And again, it's another one of those situations where a guy goes to a school like this where there's 30 other top 20 prospects and somebody's not going to get minutes. So EJ uh, physically looks good, 6'10", 230 or so. Um, he's kind of skinny looking, but he does have some muscle tone. He's very long um, inside the paint. From what I've seen from him, he has some pretty good touch. Uh, his form on his jumper doesn't look terrible, uh, but he does have the really long arm situation going on. Um, like sometimes his shot will look perfect and sometimes he'll throw up an air ball. Um, free throw percentage to kind of give you an idea is around 64%, which is a little bit lower than you want it to be. Uh, he does work on the offensive glass. Um, on the inside, uh, on the on the perimeter, on D, his footwork's lacking there. Um, I think he's a pretty athletic guy from what I've seen, and he's very active. 
Uh, and he does try to make some passes that you don't really expect from a big. So I think he's got a lot to work with. I just I can't, from what I've seen, I can't say he's a prospect that you're looking at right now for this year. Yeah, I think what's going to happen if he's as good as everything indicates from before college, what's going to happen pre-draft, he's going he's gonna to go to like the combine, get some private interviews, workouts going, and that's what's going to bring his stock up, a la like Mitchell Robinson or something. Because otherwise, I don't see him. Or, I'm not saying whether or not he's a talent, because I haven't seen enough to really make a comment like that. But there's just not anything that has really been seen enough. Right. And it could be a situation where um, if Kentucky, because right now they're, what, top five team, if they go on a run, there's always going to be a situation where somebody who doesn't usually get a chance to perform gets a chance to perform. He could have a couple of those games uh, in the conference tournament or in the NCAA tournament, and that helps uh, catapult them up also. All right, and our next prospect, if we're moving on here, uh, let's go to Emmanuel quickly. Um, another guy that maybe hasn't had all the opportunity, but I want to hear what you have to say about what you've seen from him and the, the games you've watched. Well, the main thing is is that he the games I watched, he was still adjusting from his role because from what the commentary was saying, he had originally had his starting spot, and then Hagens took it from him. Mm. So he was kind of still getting used to playing off ball, and he was kind of forcing shots that weren't necessarily his sorts of shots or put into positions where he, he was basically asked to take catch-and-shoot threes that right. also he wasn't very comfortable with. I mean, he can get some good arc on it, but it is not. he just doesn't seem very confident at all. He can step into it, get decent release point, decent rhythm and all that just it doesn't seem like he's used to doing it and he's kind of lost or whatever and then it's pretty tough for him to hold his ground against like any guy stronger than him he can get beat up i saw that one play at the end of the alabama game he just got destroyed uh by uh ingram destroyed him uh that was pretty ugly um it was it was a lot of him just taking shots or like making bad defensive decisions, like sagging off a couple times. I didn't really see him drive or do much of any of that, but you know he he held his own on defense whenever he had a chance to intercept a pass or something like that. Had a couple post feeds here and there, but just a whole lot of some things that are decent and a couple of things that are really bad and, but not enough of either thing to really make a conclusion. Right. Um, so I actually, so early in the season, I watched the game with quickly and I thought his shot looked great and I checked the numbers and he was shooting like 36% from three. Um, but then I came back to him and I saw like what you were saying where he's basically just become a shooter. Uh, for the most part, his three-point percentage is down to thirty-two percent, and uh, like you said, it doesn't look as it doesn't look as great as it did before because he, I guess he's trying to adapt to the mentality of being this guy, the shooter. Um, he's long and skinny. Uh, and the other thing I noted about him, as far as if you're trying to translate him as a point guard at his size, uh, I think he plays way too fast a lot of times, um, appropriately since his last name is quickly. 
Um, I, I didn't want to make that joke, but I had to at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> fair, to be honest. And I actually just realized I pulled up his page on um, College Sports Reference. Uh, he's actually from my old stomping grounds. I know I have a lot of old stomping grounds, but Harvard e. Grace, Maryland, that's pretty that's pretty small area. Um, so that's interesting. Random tidbit there. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's a guy I don't think he should be coming out anytime soon. I mean, he's one of those guys where Kentucky probably wasn't the best place for him either. Yeah, it's and it's tough because those guys, you know, they are they they grow up probably their almost their entire high school lives expecting to be recruited by all these big schools. The 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 top one to send people to the pros right now is Kentucky. You get that call, it's hard to say no. Um but it would have been nice to have seen him maybe go somewhere else where he didn't have to battle against another guy that's a top prospect like Higgins. Yeah, there's there's a couple of really interesting places I think he would have had a great fit at. Like for, like for me, North Carolina State is one of those teams that finally seems to put things together, but they just don't have that premier player. What about uh, even Maryland for him? That would have been great at home. I think that would be great for him, but Maryland kind of already has their core set up pretty nicely. And a a top young guard that plays very fast and doesn't really have much range necessarily might not be what Turgeon would want. But, you know, I'm not sure. (laughs) I mean, it could have added another element to that team, but I understand where you're coming from. Um I, I I'll I'll have to get this out early before we get into the rest of these prospects. But I have I've historically had a really hard time scouting Kentucky guys. Period. Um, and these first two that we've discussed because of their playing time, I think those are two guys that I could be completely off on just based on that alone. Like they could come into uh, the combine or whatever and kill it and end up being pretty solid guys. But based on what I, I can only go based on what I've seen and I I don't see it with either of these two yet. Yeah. I think they both just need to try their hand at a combine and just show what they can do and then go from there. I think that's fair enough. Um, And do you have anything else you want to add on quickly? No, I said, I said literally all the notes I had, like it was, (laughs) it was pretty rare. How about we move on to the man that replaced him? Uh, Ashton Hagens, who isn't necessarily a favorite among most of Giraffe Twitter. Uh, Bibbs, how you feeling about uh, Ashton Hagens? Well, I think I'm probably uh, right in line with the rest of Draft Twitter then. Um, I don't, uh, and he's definitely a candidate for a guy I could be completely wrong on because, I mean, I didn't really like Shia and I really didn't understand the hype. Uh, I feel like he's kind of fallen into a similar mold, um, but even worse with the shot. Let me pull up this number real quick just to make sure it hasn't changed. First time I watched him, uh, he looked like he was afraid to shoot. Like he didn't want to shoot, like the the Rajon Rondo situation. Um, yeah, it hasn't changed much. At the time, he was shooting 15% from three. He's up to 18 now, and uh, he's only taking one three-point attempt per game uh, in 27 minutes. Uh, his jumper looks completely flat. Uh, his free throw percentage is actually in the 70s, which I guess maybe if he, he has time to think about it, he's fine. 
But uh, I think I like his patience as a point guard. That's probably why he's taken over that role from quickly, uh, because at least he'll try to run the offense. Uh, he, but like I said, he's he's very almost too patient sometimes. He's hesitant to throw the pass quickly. He's he's hesitant to shoot, um, and he does throw some bad passes when trying to do too much. Yeah, I was going to comment on the whole slow, like, more slowed down thing. It's very strange. There are moments where, like, in the half court, he generally is pretty chill about it. But in transition, he, or, like, in early offense, he goes for it without a plan. So he needs, right. like, he needs to play slow down to be effective. Because even though he's quick, if he's trying to set up something in transition, he ends up going way too fast on the move. And then he can't do much about it because he gets trapped. Exactly. And then that's another thing. Um he, do, he does push the ball up the floor, but he doesn't push the ball up the floor and make himself a threat to score. He pushes the ball up the floor looking for other guys, and if other guys aren't there, then, yeah, he's in a bad situation. He's throwing the ball away or something. And every time I've seen him try to finish, a lot of like floaters don't work for him at all. Right. And that's uh, a big problem because he takes a lot of them, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's two free throws a game as well as a big, a stronger point guard. Like, he's solidly built. You would expect him to at least be able to go into somebody's body, draw contact or something. It's got to be uh, a mental thing. I, I can agree with that. Like, he's he's got the, the body. Um, for some reason, he, him and that basket just don't get along. No, I meant the fouls. What do you mean? He oh, doesn't the, he's, himself he, into contact. Too. Got you. I mean, he puts up all those flutters, and you're asking yourself, I mean, your other options are at this point because you already messed up by pushing the floor without a plan. You got to do something. <laughs> you might as well throw your body in there and try to draw that foul. Right. I, I haven't seen it much. And there are, I mean, there there are drills that a coach can do to get a guy used to going into contact like that. Um, it's just a matter of his willingness to 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 develop that and he, he you have to have something that you can do to score basketball and if you're not going to be shooting jump shots you need to be drawing contact into the line or at least slash into the basket effectively um the one thing that he does do very well is play the passing lane steal the ball he has uh great hands apparently he has very big hands uh he makes good off ball reads and he moves well on the perimeter so he's a good defender but um, uh, he's not a guy I'm ready to put into the the conversation with the other three guards that we've had uh, at the top of our list: Dotson, uh, Kobe, and uh, who's the other one? Trey. Uh, yeah, Trey. Yeah. Are yeah, he's gonna put him in there. No, 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 no. Like he's, I am not picking that man in the first round at all. Like, or or even maybe if he if he shows what else he has in his game during like a combine or something he could put i could put him in the second but right. there's there's nothing he can do to put him in the first because the shot ain't there and most of what he profits off of is his defense and his quickness right. but he doesn't know how to probably use his quickness to be the most effective and he also doesn't use his strength to his advantage like you like we already went over. And then on top of that, a lot of a lot of his assists end up coming off great penetration. That's a, that's another thing I think we you missed a little bit was his he does penetrate the lane very well, but again, it's a matter of planning. 
So he's able to get off the floor and turn around and find the open man. But if there are no other options, it's just a turnover. Like he right. can't, you can't find the dump off in traffic. He can't make a special pass. He can just find a, a man that's out. That's at a bad angle because he can jump and spin in the midair and find him. That's something that's a good skill. But if he doesn't have the other passing skill to go with it, then it's only, it's very limited. And you can almost say that some of the guys that he plays with help him out in that regard. Like a hero who's always moving. Uh, or PJ Washington, who's just a really high IQ guy that's going to get to the open space. Like, how bad would he be if he didn't have guys like that around him? How bad would it be if he didn't have Keldon Johnson? And Ke- oh, Keldon Johnson. Excuse me. I, there's so many guys on the team that you, you forget guys. But yeah, you like, forget you got, the best player. You got catching. You got two guys that can catch and shoot or catch on the move, and then you got a big man you can dump off to. So I mean, having those kind of weapons around him makes him maybe look passable, but. Uh, you put him on a bad team in the NBA right now, and they're not accomplishing anything with him. Yeah, and another thing, he's he seems to have a very good chemistry with Reed Travis. Most of the time, he's pretty effective fitting him in the post. But he does the one problem he has is that if there's a man in front of him, he doesn't seem to be able to get him around him. It's just he is able to slip it under him whenever he has a little extra space to where a defender can't come in and intercept it from like the weak side or something. Right. Um, I in, in my opinion, he's like a quote unquote, like to what like the typical people would call a dog on defense. He's like the closest thing to that that I've seen outside of Trey Jones so far. I can get on board with that, and it's not even just the on ball; like his off ball is that no, way all of it, of all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what he has to do right now to even look good. Does he seem crazy to you? Like actually crazy? No. Like like defensively. <laughs> Defensively no. crazy because that like it's. So. I'm waiting to find this person. I need to find the next Patrick Beverly. I want to find this man. Patrick Beverly, Marcus Smart, those type of guys. Those are your guys, Marcus. But uh, we'll go ahead and uh, we're not going to keep you all waiting any longer. We know who you're really here for. Keldon Johnson, the clear best prospect on this team. No debate here. Uh. He's what? He's gonna be like six seven, six six, six six two eleven. I think is what he came in as. Pretty like he does all these things very well, and yet he still plays most of the time off the ball. It's pretty remarkable. Like he 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 creates offense for himself without getting the chance to do it much. And you got to ask yourself if he if he ended up in a different place outside of Kentucky, would he be able to maximize his abilities more, or is Kentucky the best place for him because he gets to have just the right amount of load? For me, I think he could do more. Yeah, I think so too, but it's a mixed bag. I I definitely really like him, um, surprisingly. So um, he's a guy that despite not getting the load, he would probably get on another at another school. Uh, it's very clear how good he is to me. Um, he's a guy that he's aggressive looking for a shot, which is something we haven't been able to say about a lot of the guards that we've talked about. Um, he can drive to the rim off the bounce. He has a floater. Uh, a three-level scorer is the term I guess people use. Uh, he has a little bit of a post-up game, which is cool for a guy 6'6 to 11. He's got a pretty good body to, if he gets matched up on a guard. His size are smaller. Uh, gets into a shot incredibly quickly. 
great mid-range game, a guy that doesn't sit on the perimeter or need to be at the basket. Uh, I think he's shooting over 40% from three right now. Sounds about right. Um, he keeps his head up when he's penetrating, so he's not just a guy that puts his head down. Uh, looking to score, he'll hit the open man on the drive. And uh, just a smooth athlete, like not a ridiculously high leaper is going to dunk on everybody's head, but just a smooth athlete. Uh, he looks the part to me. Um, I think he should be in that discussion with Culver, in my opinion. For what, number two? But yeah, for that, yeah, for that number two guy, that top scoring guard. Indeed. Um, random question, where would you have him in relation to R.J. Barrett? I probably would take him over Barrett, personally. I would probably do it, too, um, if I was building a team that already had its main piece. Right, because especially. Because if if I need that that premier piece, that on-ball player to do everything, even though he's not the most efficient, I'd probably I might hit up RJ just because he has the motor. So I'd I'd have to I'd be taking a bet sort of. Right. But with I'm not saying Kel doesn't have it either. He definitely has the motor. He he's chasing after these loose balls. It, the entire Kentucky team almost all has pretty crazy motor for and that's remarkable to me except right. for maybe ej and maybe quickly but they're kind of the odd men out in this case so in their situation they may have more to do with their roles not necessarily being what they yeah to be. for sure um just some things is that sometimes he gets too comfortable shooting and doesn't like notice a guy coming in closing out him from like the side and then he won't take advantage of the closeout drive that he would have had if he had just taken the immediate drive. So and patience. instead, he'll, he'll, well, yeah, not necessarily patience, but awareness. Okay. Because it's not patience. Because it, it was a quick decision. It was a it was a bang bang play. Like he had to do one thing or the other. There was no time to think. Gotcha. But he chose the wrong decision because he didn't look. He didn't notice the, the guy coming in at him. And this happened right. a couple times where like he would get closed out. And he would have had space to drive or space to, or space to pass or something like that. But he just he settled for the three, even though there was time left in the shot clock. It's not like there was five seconds left. Gotcha. So he was ready to shoot regardless of the situation. <laughs> but I mean, shoot or shoot. So. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's something that's that's something you can look at in a young guy and say we can teach this. Can you teach vision? I think you can teach him like, hey, like if you have to know when you're I mean, it's going to come down to if he wants to learn it, I guess. But, you know, if you're coming off the screen here, uh, be aware that the guy may be coming from this side, whatever the case may be type of thing. Um, I don't I haven't paid I haven't watched his interviews or anything like that. That's something I would want to get into closer to the draft if I'm looking at him as a top guy. Um, But, yeah, that's a mentality thing where like a James Harden or somebody like that would get in the lab, watch film and figure out like, Hey, this is something that's happening to me. I got to be, be for another day. Um, I've seen him finish with both hands pretty well. Have you been able, have you seen the same thing? The right oh, yeah. and left. Yes. He's versatile. Do he does what he has to do to get a bucket, like left hand, right hand off the glass floater. Nothing but like, he'll do whatever. He's a bucket getter. That's, that's what I call him. Like a guy that can, does his his angles don't have to be the same. The situation can change on him at the last second, and he'll adapt. He'll adapt, and the ball is going to go very close to inside the rim, if not inside it. And uh, going back to the Duke episode, you were saying RJ's kind of slept on athletically, like when you're playing in game. I think Keldon might be actually slept on athletically, just generally. Okay. 
because I've seen him throw it down a little bit. Yeah, I, I personally probably am a victim of that. So I can acknowledge that. But like, I, I've I've been a pretty big fan of Kelly, but it's not like he has the most extreme burst or anything. It's just he's very effective with what he has, and right. he, he does the most. He doesn't take any percent off. Right. Like, he maximizes what he has. He has so many crafty moves. Um, the guy hounds everything on defense, even though I'm not going to act like he's a lockdown defender. He, he He's going to try hard. He's going to get sit down in the stance. He's going to do his best to stick to his man. Uh, he's going to he's keep his head on a swivel, even if he's not, like, instinctive or anything. But he, he does his best to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, that was something I was going to note as well. Like, maybe not, a, like you said, a lockdown defender, but he's active. And I think he does a really good job of uh, helping off his man and keeping his feet moving without necessarily completely leaving his man, which uh, could be a, a problem for some guys. Yeah. And then I feel like I've said pretty much everything. There's a couple other things I want to mention is that uh, when he's drove inside, there's a couple of times where, like, he's. He's done a good job keeping his dribble low, but he didn't do a good job of keeping it away from the defender. And then he gets stripped because he had he held it towards the defender's side rather than towards uh, space. And then he gets stripped. But it was it was against Alabama in that game, and that was just there was so much ball pressure going on in that game. And so much length. So much length, and then in the Louisville game too it was kind of like that. So. Okay. And the other note I'll add that my last note is that uh, I think he rebounds pretty decently for a guard as well. Um, he works to box out his man when the shot goes up. He's averaging five rebounds a game, which is, I, I think, pretty great for a guard, actually, especially a perimeter scorer. I mean, he's not always inside. And a perimeter scorer that doesn't always get a chance to drive, especially. Right. I feel like we said everything. Um, no, that's, I think we covered that one. We're going to go to the other. Yeah, there's like an occasional jump stop here. Really nice touch on his finish um, for, you know, a 6'6 guard. Right. But I think there's everything. So moving on to um, one of those guys that some people label a sleeper and some people aren't fans of because they think he's basic and some people are kind of caught in the middle. It's it's uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, Bibbs, how you feeling? About uh, Mr. Hero, and Hero. I've heard I've heard his name pronounced like twelve different ways. Um, we're gonna call him Th for the time being. Tim <laughs> Hardaway. Uh, oh man! All right, just just Tyler then. Um, first time I watched him, I wasn't that impressed. Um, wasn't didn't get many notes on him actually, but I did watch another game and. Uh, I actually do kind of like him. He's he's quick off the bounce. He I feel like he's in constant motion. He's never standing still. Uh, he gets his shot off very quickly. Um, he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy, though. He can create space, um, put the ball on the floor. His shot is up to 35% right now from three. Uh, he was at 32 when I checked on him in, like, November. So uh, shot's improving. 88% from the, or from the free throw line, up to 91 now. Uh, he works hard on D. He chases rebounds. Just a high-energy guy. Uh, solid perimeter defender. And at his size, 6'5", 192, 195-ish, uh, I think he's got a pretty good-sized body as well for, for what you expect from him as a, as a potential like scorer or energy guy. Yeah, I think the thing with his shot is 
at least in the games I've watched, he's takes so many. Or at least in the games I've watched, it, it seems like on a night to night basis, it changes for him. Hmm. Like sometimes he like because I'm looking at some of his past game logs right now, and like some of them's like three three pointers. I'm like, what? <laughs> he, he just took like ten the last like, in the games I've seen. So yeah, it's like a game to game thing, like you said. Uh, he's uh, averaging the same amount of attempts as Keldon Johnson, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the main thing with him is that, you know how Keldon, I said, sometimes doesn't notice uh, the, a guy closing in on him from, like, the side? Right. Hero just shoots. He, he like, he's, <laughs> like, he'll, his, his drives, he's capable of driving, but if he's getting, he's just, if he, if he's in the shooting mode, he's not going to drive on the closeout. He's just going to shoot. And, or he's not going to pass either. That's another thing. I, right. I've seen multiple times where it's like PJ Washington wide open at the rim, just needs to zip it over to him. Doesn't do it. Just takes the three. I'm like, come on, bro. You you had that right in front of you. But I mean, you know, shooter's vision. Um, the you can't deny the free throw shooting. That's that's special. Ninety one percent is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't can't deny that at all. I think that's a good. I think that's partially a good indicator for a shot because his form looks butter to me. What about you? Yeah, I, I have no issues with his shot at all. Like you said, it's probably mostly shot selection that's keeping his numbers lower than what you would expect him to be um, from three. But um, I think I don't know why it feels like his role he may be used too much. Does that sound make sense to you? I think the thing is, is that they ask they they ask him to create offense too much off the dribble, okay. because I've seen a lot of times where they ask where he ends up driving to the middle of the floor and taking a tough fadeaway turnaround kind of thing. Right. He's very capable spinning in midair on his jumper and making the shot, but not with the ball. I like it better when he's curling off a screen and doing that because he's the, he's excellent at it for right. his age. I think uh, I think that you're, you're probably right there. It is probably a situation where his role is to cause havoc, and that leads to him taking some bad shots just to make the defense pay attention to him to open things up for other guys. I mean, you see some similar shot profiles to Cam Reddish, where like early offense, just like step into like 27, 26 footers because he's, <laughs> he has space. So. I mean, realistically, if he was taking more sensible shots and not having to create so much, but at the same time getting to run off screens more, I could probably see that percentage go up at least at the college level to 40 easily. And if that man gets hot, you ain't stopping him. Yeah, I, th- I think I can agree with that. And defensively, like he's in the same caliber of effort level as Johnson and surprisingly mobile when he gets down in the stance. But the consistency there is a little lacking. Like sometimes he gets he gets beat because he's upright, or because he he takes too time too much time moving, and then he can't recover after getting beat one step off the dribble. It's like he has to be in that stance to be effective. Right. I do like that he stays on his toes, uh, but like you said, sometimes he's out of position and can't recover. Great. And I haven't seen particularly many off-ball steals like he doesn't he does he tries his hardest to strip his man he's he's done some good stuff with that but off-ball steals like pass interceptions passing lanes sort of situation haven't seen it have you no i think he's more focused on staying with his man than 
worrying about trying to get the ball in those situations. Um, he does chase down rebounds also, which is like like that goes back to him being a higher energy guy. Like when the shot does go up, he he does hit track it. Um, I think he had a double double. Yes, um, j- just the other day, fifteen points, thirteen rebounds, which is crazy. Yeah, he's nice. like Tyler. I've heard. It, I think I'm gonna go with Hero. Uh, Hero. <laughs> um, it like he can be the hero of any game. So, with he could, have, could he Divincenzo it this year? Could he Divincenzo it this year? Uh, absolutely. Uh, except he's not the athlete. No, but he's not it, have an awesome it's game. also it's also a weaker class, so yeah. Uh, likely, I think he deserves a look in the second round. Okay, um, I yeah, because of the way the the class is shaping up, and because Kentucky's gonna reload, like it probably won't make a ton of sense for him to come back if he's being discussed as a draft pick. Um, second round is probably where he should get a look as a guy that can potentially maybe get buckets off the bench. Yeah, and uh, the defense is a valuable thing for a guy that's supposed to just be a gunner. Right, and not be a complete liability on defense is always a plus. So, random question. Him or pool to you? Ooh, that's a great question. I'll probably go... Um... Mr. Uh, I will, I, is it Hero? We'll go Hero or Hero. Tyler. We'll go with Tyler. Yeah. I think Poole's it depends. a better shooter, but I think Hero does more. I think Poole's the better off-dribble shooter. I think Hero's really great off-screens. It doesn't get utilized enough that way. Um, all in all, if I'm, if I'm a young team, I'd probably take Poole, even though he's older. <laughs> But I think Hero is more of that steady force that's going to get better. But it's pretty it's pretty clear what he's going to be. Whereas Poole could perhaps turn into something special, like like a legit starting player, like third starter in this league that creates offense. Right, I I can agree with that. Poole's a guy that could potentially, like you said, be a big time scorer. Whereas you know what you're getting with Tyler. Yeah, um, we got we got. Well, uh, one guy left for y'all today. Yeah, PJ Washington is the last, but not the least at all. No, no, definitely not. Um, he's, he looks like he's six ten, six eleven, right? No. Bigger. Shorter. Shorter. Damn. Yeah. It's hard. It's six eight, two twenty eight. Damn. I was. He might awful. be a little bit more than two twenty eight. Um. Do you think it's better than six eight or is he like actually six eight? No, he's probably six eight. He's probably six eight. Ah. Which is why he I liked him last year, but I wasn't sure about him. Um and there's discussion of him, is he a three or a four, and trying to work on some of his perimeter game to make himself attractive as a three four tweener. Um but I I don't know if that's where his his potential is. Do you want me to start here or do you want to start? I want you to start because you got questions you're already asking, so I want to see how you feel first. So last year I scouted him, and he was probably my favorite player on that Kentucky team. Um, he's a very high IQ guy. Um, I felt like he was always making the right plays on both sides of the ball, always in the right spot. Um, he kind of reminds me, and uh, I guess it's a new thing, that Draymond-type player, the the – uh, what's the guy from Tennessee? Grant Williams. Yep. 
Um, Maxi, like he reminds me of Maxi a lot on defense, especially. Um, he he's very disciplined. He goes vertical. Like he's very very uh, attentive about that. And anytime he gets called for a foul, he always goes to the ref, like trying to explain. You can tell he's like that that judicious guy. That's like, hey, look, I did all the technical things right. Um, I like that about him. Um, I like his personality. He's fiery, uh, big, solid body. Uh, he's toned up a bit from last year, so he's like more mobile than he was. Um, he started taking threes more. I think last year he took less than about half a three a game. This year he's up to two a game, and his percentage has increased over the course of the year. It's currently up to 43% uh, from deep, so a guy that now you, I don't think you can leave him open. Uh, his free throw percentage last year was around 60%. He's up to 69 this year. Um, when he has the ball, he's very patient. Uh, he can finish a floater uh, if he's cut off from the rim, but he's quick driving the lane if you give him one. Um, he's not as bad with the ball in those situations as Maxie is, so that's why I say I, I only compare them on defense there. Um, he's not a great rebounder. Uh, at 6'8", 225, I think he has the body to become one if it's pushed on him. But for the most part, he's a guy that's going to rebound what comes to him. Um, I think he works really well to hold his position on the block, and he's not a bad perimeter defender either, um, especially this year since he's gotten a little bit more mobile. Um, as far as shot blocking, he'll block a shot if he's challenged, if somebody drives at him. But again, mostly verticality. Uh, very disciplined about that. Um, I like him a lot more this year than I did last year as a prospect. I like him last year as a guy, just uh, his personality. But I like him this year as a prospect just because of the way the game is changing. Seeing a guy like Maxie have the success he's having this year, I think there's a role for more of a role for him at the next level. And now I'm curious what you have to say about all that. Well... Number one, I think Maxie's offense driving with the ball is sort of underrated, but... He can improve there, I think. I think everybody can improve at everything, but if you've seen the you've seen the pull-up Jimbo's. He's done it a few times, but... I've seen him try it. I think that's something he'll probably work on a lot. He's made them. He's made them. He's made he like looks, three or he four. He doesn't look as comfortable as I would like him to. And then he's, when he tries to drive and doesn't realize he's cut off, and I don't know if he thinks he's like LeBron or something, but tries to like jump... 10 feet out over a guy and almost kills himself and that guy. I, I'd need that to get t tightened up. Like he could crawl, he could probably take one more small step and cross over and do a layup around the guy versus trying to jump completely through them. That I mean, in, in Germany, he might've been LeBron. <laughs> but it's, just, it's funny to me when he does that. Uh, I, forget, I forget who it was. He tried to do that over last game. It's like, Maxie, please don't get injured right now. Yeah. But that's not a problem PJ's having, in my opinion. That is not a problem PJ's having either. One thing I wished is that sometimes it feels like he gets sent on the block more than I want him to be because I want to see him shoot threes. If Because right. you see him space the floor. It's like, this is the role he's going to have at the next level. He's not going to be posting up dudes. Exactly. Especially not fours because he doesn't even have that much of a size advantage. But he, since he gets sent to clog the paint more often than he needs to, he ends up grabbing eight rebounds a game. Right. So it ends up on the stat sheet, ends up looking like he grabs a lot of rebounds. And sometimes it's because he's fighting for it, not necessarily because he's like throwing his body against people, but because he's like 
he has to like get his arms and then he has to like throw his arms around after he grabs it because he's in traffic or whatever. <laughs> he's there already. Yeah, he's there. Um, defensively, yeah, it's, the positioning's pretty good, but he's not. He, I he's not aggressive, so he's mm. does like he doesn't go in for weak side blocks, and that's one thing I want. Like Maxi goes in for weak side blocks. He goes hard for weak side blocks, and right. you don't really see that in PJ. No, not at all. Like and, I said, he'll block a shot if you come at him, but he's not going out of his way. Yeah, but that's like that's the main difference. And with PJ, it's almost like he's the one guy that doesn't have the same like crazy ish motor the way I'm not saying he's not motivated because he's he's there he, he just he's so intelligent it's almost like a question of like is he just is it just because he's so intelligent that he like he holds back right from certain stuff or is it because he's hesitant hmm. I think it I think it is his like I get like you were saying his IQ he just he's thought it through already and decided that it's not worth it to get the foul there Versus being in position for the, the the rebound if it comes off or trusting his guy to take care of it. Well, I'm talking about when he gets positioned on a three-point shooter. He gets put on oh. those a lot. Okay. Like defensively, I've seen him had to switch on the three-point shooters. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the guy never gets the ball because either he's not really a great shooter or anything, like John Petty or something. He'll get switched on to something like that. And doesn't crash. And I'm like, bro, please just try to do it for once. Show me what you got. But uh, in transition, he runs the floor hard uh, most of the time. But defensively, he's had some problems running back and getting back on time. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, I've seen him like cause fouls because of that. So that was that was a bit of a problem for me. Um, I'm, I guess I was really impressed by his length because I wrote multiple times about how like, oh my god, he's blocked this jump shot. Like a lot. Like I think I'm with you on PJ Washington with his length the way you were on Tariq Owens. <laughs> I was I was I was very impressed by his length, I guess. I either that or he just he uses his dimensions spectacularly. He does seem to have long arms, and that's why I said like he's six eight, but I think he plays bigger than six eight. Yeah, I was like he felt he felt big. Right. And he's like he's solid. Like he doesn't have the skinny legs like a lot of guys have. Tariq Owens um, <laughs> definitely doesn't have Tariq Owens legs. Um, that's why I said like Draymond's type body. That that game of being a potential that four man that you can put in there and not have to necessarily worry too much about him on a switch to where he's just going to be abused or get made to look stupid. Um, he's going to play smart on the inter- interior defensively. He's going to help you run the offense, moving the ball. Uh, he can hit a wide open three like that. That there's a lot of those guys that are going to be coming up in the the years to come. He's probably a premier guy at that right now. Yeah, if I'm a team like maybe the Denver Nuggets, I need to be licking my chops at a PJ. Yeah. He, you put him on a team with with quality other players, and he's he's gonna be an amazing glue guy. Like imagine the post to post feed from Jokic to Washington, or Jokic kicks out to the corner to Washington, and then they got Jared Vanderbilt too, who I think is gonna come back with a vengeance when he finally gets back on the court. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked him too for so long. I think and... he could help a lot of teams. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, is there anything else to add on PJ? Um, let me. I, I did want to pull up where he's rated currently. The highest I've seen him on a board is 19. Um, but again, he's one of those guys where if a team thinks he's a great fit and fills a hole for them, I, I wouldn't be mad at him going for early, mid second first round or late first round versus the other places that have him in the mid to late second. Um, I like him as a player. He's not sexy at all. He's not necessarily going to be an all-star, but he's a guy that the type of piece that you need on a team that's winning. And I'm going to ask another question because this is another thing I feel like I need to ask. Him or Goga? Are you serious? That's that's the question you're going to give me? <laughs> well, you, would, you would take him over Goga? Is that guaranteed? No. Depends on the situation. I think Goga, if you have a uh, a big man that that plays really good defense already, then I would take Goga. If you have a scoring big already or you have scorers on the perimeter, I'm fine with taking PJ. But I'm definitely not going to – I don't think I'm putting PJ ahead of Goga on a straight-up uh, board. Well, I mean, you said you'd take him, like, late, mid-first round, so. I said I wouldn't be mad at a team, like, if yeah, he's yeah. a great fit. If yeah. he's a fit for what you have already, I'm not going to hate on you for taking him early. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, late first, early second type of guy. Yeah. Otherwise, Goga is a guy you can take early. Would you Would you be surprised if he somehow got picked in the lottery? PJ? No. No, Goga. Goga. No, not at all. Yeah. Not with the season Jokic is having. Not with the season Goga is having. Or that too, but I'm saying like the way the way a lot of guys get picked is some player that they're similar to, or perceived to be similar to, play starts playing really well, and somebody thinks this is where the league is going. I need to get me a guy like that, and that's what, now you're getting picked top five or whatever, something crazy. I yeah. Be that guy. <laughs> All right. Well, and I'm not saying it's not warranted. Yeah, I I think it's worth looking at if you're. I don't know the Lakers or something. But if he, if the Mavs, in- but, um, that's been everything for the this episode of the third round picks podcast. You can find my content on uh, LockDraft.com, soon to be uh, 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 revitalized, revived, relaunched, uh, relaunched all the same, uh, and also DallasProspect.com and. The DallasProspect.com, excuse me, and at MexCouse on Twitter. Find Bibbs, uh, Adam Bibbs for everything, and at BibbsCorn for basketball, BibbsCorn.com for his website. Uh, hope you all enjoyed this one. Feedback is always appreciated, and peace.